Hello, Beth Takoon and the world. Welcome to our study of the book of Yehoshua, or Joshua. This week, we're in chapter 12. So as we wrap up the first half of Joshua, we review an inventory of every place and king defeated by Israel under the leadership of Moses and Joshua. Before the simple list of kings on the western side of the Jordan, defeated under Joshua's leadership, we're given more lengthy descriptions of the two kings on the eastern side of the Jordan, Sihon and Og, who were defeated under Moses' leadership. Moses' victory over Sihon and Og was a greater accomplishment, it can be said, than Joshua's victory over the 31 Canaanite kings, because Sihon and Og ruled stronger and more powerful kingdoms, which exercised political control over the 31 kings of Canaan. So it's a shorter passage than we've had recently, and it's a passage that's likely glossed over because it has a long list in it. But it is rich with meaning, as we'll see. So let's open our Bible and jump to Joshua 12. So let's dive in. And again, this week I'll be reading from the Tree of Life version. Um, I'll mostly reading from the Tree of Life version, but there is a resource that I've created uh, using a different version that I didn't write down. Um, and maybe I'll, we'll get that to you later if you, if you uh, request it. So Joshua 12, verse 1. Now these are the kings of the land whom Bnei Israel defeated and possessed their land beyond the Jordan toward the sunrise, from the valley of the Arnon to Mount Hermon, and all the Arabah eastward. King Sihon of the Amorites, who lived in Heshbon and ruled from Aroer, which is on the edge of the valley of the Arnon, and the middle of the valley, and half Gilead, even up to the Yabok River, uh, the border of Ammon, and the Arabah up to the Sea of Hinarot, eastward, and as far as the Sea of the Arabah, the Salt Sea, eastward the way to Beth HaYeshimot, and on the south, at the foot of the slopes of Pisgah. Also the territory of King Og of Bashan, one of the remnant of the Rephaim, who lived at Ashtarot and at Edre, and ruled over Mount Hermon and Salcha and all Bashan, as far as the border of the Geshuri and the Ma'akathi, and half of Gilead, as far as the border of King Sihon of Heshbon. So I'm just going to stop there for a sec. Uh, verses 2 through 5 go into great detail, greater detail, in describing kings Sihon and Og, who were defeated under Moses' leadership previously in the Torah. And I want to go over something that Grant had taught us years ago uh, and had repeated many times, and which I put into a resource here called the Sihon and Og, the Enemies of Fruitfulness. Uh, and this will be included in the Thursday update um, links there and on our website as well for you to download. But it basically goes through these these um, two, three, four, four, these four verses and calls out some of the important words, the, the, the names of the kingdoms, of the places in these kingdoms, um, and makes we're making a connection here between two of the most important victories we are to achieve before we have an ultimate victory and an inheritance in the land. If Joshua is about victory 
an inheritance. These two victories here against Sichon and Og are, are instrumental spiritually in our lives. So Sichon is considered to be, the, the battle against Sichon is considered to be uh, the battle against human reasoning. Now, when I say human reasoning, I don't mean thinking. I don't mean thought. I mean human reasoning. Uh, abandoning faith and, and going purely on your own understanding, leaning on your own understanding. And so that's what this, this battle here is representing. The battle uh, against Og represents the battle against the fleshly appetite, uh, comfort, things like that. Um, and when we replace that with obedience, obedience to Torah, then we will have a victory there as well. So human reasoning instead of faith is Sichon. Fleshly appetites instead of obedience is Og. So I'm going to go through these four verses now and call out, call some attention to some of the Hebrew words here and what they mean. So right off the bat, we start with Sichon. Sichon means swept away. Um, it could be said that, that uh, Sichon was a, well, we know he was a powerful king. He had a powerful kingdom, and he could just sweep away um, his enemies. Um, he was king of the Emori, or the Amorites. Uh, the word here for Emori, the word here, Emori, is related to the word talking. Not necessarily speaking, but talking, kind of like chatter, uh, um, empty, empty talk. So he was the king of talkers. Uh, who lived in Cheshbon. Now, Cheshbon is Hebrew for reasoning, and we can say that that's human reasoning. He ruled from uh, Eroer, which means naked, okay, um, which is the, on the bank of the stream of Arnon. Arnon here, the Hebrew word, means rushing or roaring. Uh, and you can say that sometimes our, our human reasoning is so overwhelming and powerful uh, that it that it uh, sweeps away um, our faith sometimes. Uh, and the midst of the stream and half of the Gilead, so the Gilead, a Hebrew word here meaning rough or stony, and up to the uh, Yabok, the stream that was the border of Ammon. Yabok means empty out, uh, an emptying out. The stream uh, that was the border of Ammon. Ammon is is a word that means kindred. It's also, it also shares the root of the word emuna or faith. So there is, there is a correlation there. There is the relationship. It is kindred to faith, but it is not faith. It may even be misconstrued as faith, but human reasoning isn't faith. Moving on. And the Arabah up to the Sea of Hinarot, Hinarot here is a word for heart. Um, a lot of times when we use human reasoning, we may be influenced by how we feel about it. Um, our heart, uh, where the, the, the seat of our emotions is. Um, the Sea of Hinarot, and on, on the east, and up to the Arabah Sea, the Sea of Salt. The Sea of Salt, of course, is the Dead Sea, a sea where... No life can be sustained. Uh, it, is, it is the Dead Sea. And that is on the east. By way of Beit HaYasimot. Beit HaYasimot means house of destruction or house of desolation. 
and from the south below the foothills of Pisgah. Uh, Pisgah is the, is the Hebrew for fragment. And you can say that in, in, in human reasoning, there is, there is always a fragment of truth. Uh, the enemy, we know, uses his superior knowledge of truth in order to conceal much of it uh, in a package that seems very much like truth, but, uh, but is not, is a deception. Um, so here we have, in this description of Sichon, we have all of these words, all of these meanings here that relate to human reasoning and how human reasoning without faith uh, is, is so dangerous. Swept away, talkers. Human reasoning, uh, people like to talk a lot who, who, who are relying on their human reasoning. They're naked. They're, they're really exposed for what they are. A rushing and roaring is a powerful, overwhelming uh, uh, force. It's rough and stony. And only half of Gilead here, the other half of Gilead we see uh, is in uh, the kingdom of Bashan with uh, uh, King Og. Yabok. Um, a river, an emptying out. It's empty. It's it's it does not have s- substance. It is kin. It is akin to faith, but it is not faith. It's something other than faith. Um, the heart is is relied on. Uh, it's it's uh, the Dead Sea where life cannot be sustained. A house of destruction. Uh, it's a house that is easily torn down. Uh, right. And then Pisgah fragment or a fragment of, of truth. So all this is just is buried here uh, underneath the surface of the Hebrew for uh, the description of Sichon. Moving on to Og now in verses 4 and 5. And the border of Og, um, Og uh, is translated as uh, gigantic. Um, and if we... If we look back uh, in the Torah, the only other uh, explanation of Og or description of Og is a description of the size of his bed. It's a massive, huge bed. So he was a, an enormous, enormous person. Um, king of Bashan. Bashan, uh, the Hebrew here, is soft or sandy soil. So he's big and soft, right? Um, how do you get big and soft? You get big and soft by eating a lot and not doing much, right? Just kind of... Uh, uh, being uh, enticed by comfort and by satisfying the, the, the fleshly appetite. Of the remnant of the Rephaim, of the giants, um, who lived in Ashtarot and in Edre. Ashtarot is a fertility cult. Uh, they're, they're, they um, worshipped the, the goddess um, Estartes, which was a, a, a fertility goddess, a sex goddess. Uh, so here we see more uh, tie-in with the fleshly appetite. And then Edre, Edre here is Hebrew for strong. This is a very strong power, a very strong uh, urge or, or attracting force. And he ruled in Mount Hermon. Hermon is Hebrew for banned or banned for destruction. We've seen this word before um, uh, in, in Joshua as well, banned. And in, and in Salcha, or drawn to. Uh, Salcha, it said, was a place that had lots of wine and vineyards. And so it was, it was an attractive place uh, that, where you could satisfy your fleshly appetites. And in all of the Bashan, up to the border of the Geshuri, 
and the Ma'akati. Uh, uh, and these, these two are very, you could, you could go deep here and connect these very much to sexual desire. Geshuri is, a jo- is joiners or bridgers, like coming together, right? And Ma'akati is squeezers or pressers. Um, so there's this joining and pressing and squeezing of, of, of the flesh uh, that, is, that is indicative or so related to these fleshly appetites. And then half of the Gilead, so the other half of the Gilead, bordering Sichon, king of Heshbon. So again, this is this is a resource that I've made for you all, for you guys, and you can have this um, on our website or uh, link to it from the uh, Thursday update. So yeah, so Sichon and Og, comfort or fleshly appetite and human reasoning. These are two very very important battles we must be waging in order to go in and easily defeat, or or at least more easily defeat, thirty one other kings. But these two had to come first in the campaign of the Israelites as they entered into the land. Moving on, verse 6. Moses, the servant of Adonai, and B'nai Yisrael defeated them, uh, Sichon and Og. Then Moses, the servant of Adonai, gave it as a possession to the Reubenites, Gadites, and half-tribe of Manasseh. Now these are the kings of the land whom Joshua and B'nai Yisrael defeated beyond the Jordan westward, from Baal Gad in the valley of Lebanon to Mount Halak, that goes up to Seir. Joshua gave it to the tribes of Israel for possession according to their divisions. In the hill country, in the lowland, in the Arabah on the slopes, in the wilderness and in the Negev, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Canaanites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites. And here we have the list of the 31. And I'll, I'll mention here that how it's written, it, it'll say the king of Jericho, Echad, one. The king of Ai, Echad, one. Right? So it keeps repeating this. So I'll go through it now. The king of Jericho, one. The king of Ai, which was near Bethel, one. The king of Jerusalem, one. The king of Hebron, one. The king of Jarmut, one. The king of Lachish, one. The king of Eglon, one. The king of Gezer, one. The king of Debir, one. The king of Geder, one. The king of Hormah, one. The king of Arad, one. The king of Libna, one. The king of Adulam, one. The king of Makeda, one. The king of Bethel, one. The king of Tapua, one. The king of Hefer, one. The king of Afek, one. The king of Sharon, one. The king of Madon, one. The king of Hazor, one. The king of Shimron Meron, one. The king of Achshaf, one. The king of Ta'anach, one. The king of Megiddo, one. The king of Kedesh, one. The king of Yokneam in Carmel, one. The king of Dor in the region of Dor, one. King of Goyim in the Gilgal, one. The king of Terza, one. For a total of 31 kings. And that's the chapter. So, but let's look at these verses, 9 through 24. 
really briefly, and then we'll close. Traditionally, uh, the pattern of this text, as it is written in scrolls, is of bricks being stacked directly on top of each other. So brick, 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 brick. And then off the next row or next column of brick, 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 brick. There's a space between the, the king of Libna, space, Echad, right? Unlike an offset pattern of bricks, as you would see in any good brick mason's work, this pattern is much less stable. Offset bricks uh, goes up and there is a sharing of the load, right? And how the, the joinery works, the... the um, uh, uh, the masonry and the what's the stuff in between the bricks? Mortar. mortar, yes, the mortar. How the mortar is, it all makes it much more stable. Stacking bricks side by side and up and up and up and up and up makes it less stable. So you can say that this wall uh, is much more easily to knock. Much more, it's easier to knock it down. Um, the other instance of this pattern, incidentally can be found in the book of Esther, of all places, which is a book we just recently celebrated uh, last week. Uh, when Haman's ten sons were mentioned, these are the sons that were hanged, uh, the ten sons who, in Esther chapter 9, verse 7, will never rise again from their downfall. So, again, this is traditionally how, how this is interpreted, where in the text we see it, how it's written out in columns, how it's considered... Uh, like a wall, a brick wall, and that it is an it is a less stable wall than if the lines of text were overlapping one on top of the other. Also, incidentally, and then we'll wrap up here, is that the the number of thirty one is is the numerical value of L. That's Aleph and Lamed. Aleph being a value of one, and Lamed being a value of thirty. So 31 is the numerical value of L, which is a shorthand, a nickname for God, right? Which is to say that the defeat of these 31 pagan kings is the equivalent of paganism being replaced by monotheism in God. Um, So it's something interesting. All right, so before much of our battles can be won, Before many of the strongholds can come down, two of the most important victories we can achieve with God's help through Yeshua are over our human reasoning and fleshly appetite. And again, when I say human reason, I don't say thinking. We must be thinking people. We must use our thoughts. We must use the brains God gave us to search and to find the patterns and the meanings in Scripture. But it's human reasoning and fleshly appetites that will keep us from our obedience and faith. When we allow faith and obedience to dominate, victory is ours. All right, this was a shorter teaching, so we'll just end it there for this week. Bless you all, and may he make us into the people he wants us to be. Shalom.